0: Today, we're in our third lesson of Let Hope Rise, and and we're doing this series to remind us why we have hope in this world, even when it doesn't look like we should have hope in this world. When hope seems to be a vague concept out there that really we shouldn't connect to, or maybe it seems impractical to connect to, we can have hope in our lives as children of God. And today I want to talk about the hope that we have in Jesus as we have revelation brought into our lives, into our world. And we're in the uh, book of Luke, chapter number 24, verse number 13. And this is kind of an interesting passage of scripture because you have two disciples of Jesus that are walking down the road having a private conversation when suddenly Jesus who's just risen from the dead he he was dead and now he's three days later he's gotten up this is after Easter Sunday and now he is he just appears in the road with them and he joins with them in their walk and in their journey and this was not an uncommon thing in this time and in that day for for people to join together as they would travel along because uh, it, the roads were dangerous and travel was different different and difficult. And so people would band together as they would walk down the road. And so it wasn't unusual that someone would step up to, to journey with these two disciples. Now they had a party of three, a little bit more difficult to attack if somebody was trying to come against them. They weren't opposed to him being there. But what is is interesting is unfolded here in the scripture as we read starting in verse number 13. It says, that same day two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. Now that's an interesting phrase to me, that God kept them from recognizing him. If you think about everything that Jesus had done from the day that Mary gave birth to him in that stable and laid him in that manger, from that day until this day that we're talking about, everything Jesus did was to bring revelation to the people around him. He brought the revelation of the law and the prophets. He lived out the law. He, he lived out the word of God. He, he brought revelation everywhere he went. He taught the multitudes. He, he answered the questions of the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees. And, and he, he was never without an answer. And he was always bringing a revelation of a new world and a new way of looking at things and a new way of being. He taught you know, the Beatitudes which were an entirely different focus from uh, for humanity he he brought revelation everywhere he went and so now here in this moment when Jesus steps up into the conversation with the two disciples suddenly God keeps them from knowing who he is why would there be a moment when they should have known him they were his disciples they had followed him they, they knew what he looked like they knew what he sounded like they, 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 they should not have been ignorant of who he was but for some reason God kept them from knowing who he was and there's only one reason I can come to to that God would have done it this way and that's because there was a lesson to be taught there was a lesson to be learned in this story as it unfolded when you're in a moment that where everything is understandable you're you're in a place where you, you think you really got an understanding of what's going on and then you suddenly don't understand what's going on, it can be a disconcerting place. It can be a disconcerting moment. You might be in high school and you're, you're looking at college right now and you're, you're trying to determine where you're trying to go and what you're trying to do and, and what you might try to uh, accomplish in your education. Maybe you're in college and you're looking at the end of college and saying, uh, what does that look like? What does my life look like after school and And you know learning about something is a little different than doing something and you know it 's not always easy to get the job in the field that you 're after and, and so on and so what what does that look like and maybe maybe you 're in a career, but it 's not going the way you thought it would and so you 're looking at maybe a career change or or a, a different type of job and so here you are in a unique place and, and you 've you've understood what was going on within the boundaries of your experience thus far, but now you're looking at something different. You've stepped into a different world and now it doesn't seem as clear. I, I have these moments sometimes. In fact, I had one recently while I was just talking to Christy. We were having this conversation about, um, about our house and she, she let me know that, that we needed something and she was happy that it was going to be gray and I said gray and she said yes gray and then we launched into a world that I knew not of (laughs) it had to do with money and it had to do with colors I knew money was green but I didn't know the rest of the story and so and so uh she said I'm glad that we live in the place that we do because gray looks gray here She said, when we lived in Hawaii, I couldn't paint anything gray because gray didn't look gray. The light was different. Hmm. I nod, <laughs> my brows furrowed, I, 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 this is understanding, but inside I'm going, where are we? I, I, was, I, was, I was in a conversation that I understood and, and now I'm in a moment that I cannot quite grasp and, and somehow we're supposed to spend $500 on something gray. That looks gray. I thought gray just looked gray, but gray doesn't always just look gray. Gray sometimes looks like other colors that are not gray even though it's gray. I'm still in a world that I do not understand and I haven't quite grasped it yet, but I do I, do, I have one understood one thing. When Christie's happy, my life is better. <laughs> And so because of that, whatever the gray needs to be, it's going to be, and whatever the light needs to be, it's going to be, and whatever the money is, I'm going to sell my second child in order to be able to do whatever needs to be done. I am not actually selling my children in case you're concerned. I stepped into a world that I could not understand and I cannot grasp and I still do not grasp it, but I do understand some simple things and that is when Christy's happy, I'm happy. And I know that when she's putting the house together, it works. And so if she says gray is the color that it needs to be, then it's going to be gray and I'm happy with it. But it's a disconcerting place to say, I literally do not get what we're dealing with right now. And here's the hope for all of us. Here's our big idea today. We can let hope rise because understanding will be unlocked. It'll be unlocked. The old saying is this, knowledge is power. And unlocked understanding empowers the believer. Because when you're looking at at an unknown reality, when when you're looking at stepping into something you don't quite understand, then the obvious fear is, what if I step into this and I make a mistake? What if I step into this and I do the wrong thing? What if I step into this and things don't come together and suddenly I'm at a loss for what to do? In this situation, uh, the the, the disciples didn't know who they were talking about. They were telling Jesus about Jesus' experience they were unnerved by the situation the one that they had followed for three and a half years was gone and now they are standing here not knowing who they're going to follow or how they're going to get there they don't know what's going on they're trying to understand it but jesus was not in a place of concern he was number one alive number two he was in control and number three he knew where he was going and he knew what he where he was taking them all of these things were true so they were concerned but jesus wasn't concerned but in this, in this story he unlocks their understanding and I believe that he'll unlock our understanding as well and I have three thoughts for us today and thought number one is this. New understanding always begins with ignorance. It always begins with ignorance. Ignorance is kind of a bad word in some ways and, and we, we, we look at the term ignorance and we say, well, I don't want to be ignorant and you know, you don't, it's not good to call people ignorant. In North Carolina they have a thing where they say ignorant they say you're ignorant and 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 that's it's just a shortened form of the word ignorant and and they they say that to somebody and it's not a, it's not a uh a, a pleasant thing they're, they're not complimenting you when they say this but the word ignorance is not really a bad word it just means that you don't understand something it's that you don't know something it's 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 that that's beyond your level of experience or, or comprehension in this moment. It does not mean that you can't learn it. It just means that you don't know it. And what you already know, you know, it's, it's known. So even if you step into a new level of understanding about a known thing, you are still stepping into a place of ignorance. You're still stepping into something that you do not yet know. I would encourage you, don't limit your life By refusing to look outside of what you know. We were living in in Lenoir County, North Carolina. Um, years ago. And, and my dad was pastoring a church there in the, the little town of Kingston, North Carolina. And I was talking to a lady. Kingston has, you know, 57,000, uh, Lenore County has 57,000 people that live in it. Uh, uh, Lucas County has 455,000 people roughly that live in Lucas County. And it's, uh, Lenore County is only a few square miles smaller than Lucas County is. And so here you have a, a very rural type place. And I'm, I'm standing there talking in the church to this this older woman who is just a, a wonderful woman of God. And I'm saying to her that I'm excited because we were going up to Raleigh, North Carolina for an, an event. And she said, Raleigh, North Carolina. I said, have you ever been there? She said, no, I've never been there. Well, Raleigh's about 80 miles from Kingston. And so I said, okay, you've never been there. I said, how about Goldsboro? Have you been to Goldsboro? Because, you know, we went to Goldsboro a couple days ago and had a lot of fun there. And she said, no, I've never been to Goldsboro. And, I, and my mind was kind of like, wow, it's 20 miles away. It's, it's an, it's the next big city in our area. And, and she'd never been to Goldsboro so I said to her why haven't you ever been to Kingston or I mean to Goldsboro or to, or to Raleigh she said I, I don't know I said well how far have you traveled outside of your home she said well I've never been out of the county I said you've never been out of the county she said no I said why not she said why leave the county when everything I love is right here now, I admire the fact that she knew who she loved and what she loved, and she was willing to stay there with them. But, but what she was missing is that the roads that lead out of the county, they come back in. <laughs> you, you can come back into the county to see those that you love if you'd like to. We did. We, we drove all the way to Raleigh, and we came all the way back. Went to Goldsboro and came right back. In fact, we had people in Goldsboro that traveled to our church every Sunday to go to church because the roads came back in. But she, she did not allow her life to, to live big enough to get outside of Lenore County. There was nothing wrong with it. But her life could have been bigger than it was. Don't limit your life. Don't limit your life. Ignorance should not be feared. And opportunity should be Recognized. When I began pastoring, uh, we launched our first church when I was 25 years old. And, and you know, you don't know a lot when you're 25 years old. Sorry to the 25 year old and younger. But as a pastor, people were asking me all kinds of questions that I didn't know how. They were asking me what they should do with their grandkids. My kids were like two. I didn't know about grandkids. Uh, they, they were asking me what they should do about uh, what the Bible said about different aspects of life that I had never been in before. And so, and so I can remember, as I was standing there, one of the first times that somebody asked me this, this theological question that I just wasn't certain of. And I thought to myself, I could tell them something that would be probably suffice, sufficient for their, their uh, question. But I'm just not sure that it's the right thing. and and I wrestled with it because if I tell them I don't know on this how are they going to believe me whenever I tell them I do know something else will they think that I just don't know anything and then but if I tell them I know and I spin this yarn that's not exactly right maybe it's close maybe it's not I don't know but but if I do this and 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 suddenly they recognize that I'm not telling them what I'm absolutely certain of then is it going to mess up my relationship on that side and so I'm standing there and finally I decided that when we're talking about Bible and and the things of God it's not something that. I want to be half right about and so I just looked at them and said I don't know and from that day until this day I've adopted a policy of saying I don't know quickly but what it's done is it's pushed me to go find out the answers to the things that I don't know I was ignorant of those things. And and, and when they would ask the question, I didn't have an answer for them. But but just the knowledge that there was something out there that I didn't know spurred me to step into the unknown and discover some new things. Discover new truths. Ignorance pushed me to find answers. So ignorance isn't bad in your life. Resistance to understanding is bad. The disciples, they were speaking to Jesus and they were explaining the events that had taken place resulting from his disappearance from the tomb. And they said this, they said, he was the prophet who did powerful miracles and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him. We had hoped, key phrase, we had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. All through his ministry, Jesus had told them what was going to happen. So they knew that he was going, or at least they, they were told that he was going to have to go away. And now the tomb is empty. They cannot find his body. The Romans and the Jews are not producing it in order to prove that he is not risen from the dead. And now Jesus, who they had seen many times, was now speaking to them. They had every opportunity to look beyond the grave into the unknown. They had every opportunity to look beyond what they could understand and say there might be something miraculous that's happening right now. There may be another lesson for us to learn about this guy named Jesus. There, there might be something unique about how he's handling this situation that we've never seen before. But instead of launching into the unknown, they circled around in what they already knew. They continued to circle around circle around in the known. And it reminds me of Israel as they walk out of Egypt. And they're so excited. They're out of Egypt. They're, they're, they're in freedom now. They're in the wilderness. And, and the slavery that they were in, it's gone. And the taskmasters and those that would beat them if they didn't do what they were told. They, they were done with that. And now they're standing in the wilderness and they're free. And so they walk from sinai where god's given them the law they walk right to the jordan river and they're ready to cross the jordan river and take the promised land that god said was theirs but they stand there and they say you know when we were running from from egypt we could get out into the unknown into the wilderness because it was so bad there it pushed us into the unknown but now now there's nothing pushing us there's a promise that could come to pass, but, but, but we don't know what that looks like. And so they circled around in the unknown again for 40 years before they launched themselves into the promised land. And my question is this, are you circling in the known the things you already understand versus embracing the opportunity that's presented by ignorance? Presented by the unknown that's out there. You see, hope will rarely be found in what you already know because if you already knew it and there was hope to be found, you would have the hope you need. But hope is often found in the unknown thing as we push the boundaries of human experience and and, and spiritual understanding, as we push the boundaries of what we already know and, and discover the new realities that God has for us. Maybe you're graduating high school and you're looking at college and you're saying, you know, that's a whole different universe. I don't know if I can if I can do that. I don't know if I'm ready for that or not. Maybe you're in college and you're looking at that in the in the real world and trying to get a job and and getting a job is a whole different life than than learning about a thing. And maybe you're starting a new relationship and you're in this moment of saying I don't, I don't even know what to say i don't know if he's going to really like it if i say this or or that i don't know how she's going to respond if if i go in this direction or or that direction what, what what do i reveal of myself do i do i really let him know what i look like first thing in the morning i mean that's scary sometimes and you're stepping into an unknown thing maybe it's a career Maybe you're you're looking at a promotion and, and that means a whole lot of unknown things coming your way or maybe it's a change of career. Opportunity is before you. But it's always going to begin with ignorance. You cannot plan it all out. You will not have all the answers before you step into the opportunity. Can you look out of the known and into the unknown and embrace the opportunity and the potential that it offers? The disciples said we had hoped. They were walking with a miracle that they couldn't see because they were unwilling to accept the opportunity of the unknown. Everything was different, but they couldn't see it. If walking in the reality you've walked in for many years was going to change anything, you wouldn't need to change anything. But you need to step out into the unknown in order to experience what could be. And that leads us to thought number two, and that is this, that new understanding must be rooted in known truth. It must be rooted in known truth. New revelation can't be completely removed from already known truths. Every new invention that's ever been made came from something that was already known. It was using known things, and suddenly it developed into something that was previously unknown scripture says this i I, I love this passage of scripture and and it's so powerful as it explains jesus first uh, john chapter number one rather in the beginning the word already existed the word was with god and the word was god he existed in the beginning with god god created everything through him and nothing was created except through him the word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone jumping down to verse 9 it says the one who is the true light who gives light to everyone was coming into the world he came into the very world he created but the world didn't recognize him he came to his own people and even they rejected him but to all who believed him and accepted him thank you jesus he gave the right to become children of god they are reborn but not like we know not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or a plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. What an incredible passage of scripture. And the whole thing's explaining Jesus, the word made human. So now the word made human is is walking along with the disciples and he could have said, Jesus could have said, this is what's going on guys and this is how it is because I said this is how it is. He could have just said, hey disciples, I'm Jesus and the reason why this is happening is and just laid it out for them and it would have been right because he was the word. He was the word. In fact, he is God. He is the one from whom all we know is revealed. He's the savior. He was fulfilling the Mosaic law. He was fulfilling the prophets. He was walking through all of this and 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 he was doing it as God commanded without any fault, without any negative. He was the one who was opening up the door for all of us who would believe on him to be saved, that we could be saved. All of this is is, is what he was and what he was doing. He was all of that, but they did not know him as that. They didn't recognize that that's who he was and that's what he was doing. And so look at how Jesus speaks to them. In verse 27, it says, Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scripture the things concerning himself jesus talked to them about what they knew in order to bring them into an understanding that they did not have he established everything in what they already understood they understood the law they understood the prophets he established this new revelation of who he was as the risen savior in what they already knew the unknown reality of his identity was being rooted in the understanding that they did not have. And it's kind of a, a, a crazy thing because God told Abraham, God told uh, Moses, God told all of these who wrote all through the Old Testament. And I know I said Abraham, that was a slip of the tongue. Abraham didn't write. But but all the, the law and the prophets and all the books that were already there, already established, God spoke them into existence and men wrote them into existence and here he is the word made flesh having spoken this word into existence is now using the thing he had created himself to explain himself it's incredible whenever you start breaking it down Now, some some Christians, they like to to dismiss the Old Testament and say that it's not relevant into our faith walk anymore. But I would disagree because the Old Testament is what the New Testament is rooted within. In fact, without the Old Testament, the New Testament has no validity because all of its validity comes from the reality that is established already in the Old Testament. We need the entire word of God to be able to believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and be saved by his marvelous grace. We need all of it. So every new invention becomes, uh, it, 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 it stems out of what is already known. In your life, you can let hope rise knowing that whatever revelation dawns, you have a known truth to verify the information with. Because all new understanding that God brings into your life will be rooted in the known truth of the already established word of God. Don't walk in a fear of mistakes because the 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 known truth the established word will reveal a distraction. It will reveal a deception that's from another source. Somebody might say well wait a minute pastor you know what I do is I don't don't worry so much about the known truth in the word but but I just I go with what feels right in my heart and I'm, I'm just feeling really good about this. Let me tell you what known truth says about your heart and mine jeremiah 17 the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked who really knows how bad it is this tells me known truth tells me that if i'm stepping into this unknown and all i've got to go on is feelings (laughs) then i need to hold back just a little bit Can this be established in something that is a little bit more solid than just how I feel? Because some days I get up and I love, love whole brand cereal. And some days I get up and I just don't. Some days you feel like a nut and sometimes you don't. That's what feelings do to us. Sometimes it's, sometimes we feel one way and sometimes we feel another. Jesus rooted new revelation and known truth and he unlocked their understanding in the same manner. Verse 30 says, as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and he blessed it and then he broke it and then he gave it to them. And when he did a known thing, the scripture says suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment he disappeared jesus was with them physically he opened the scripture with them personally but it wasn't until he broke the bread with them and gave it to them that before their eyes were opened they weren't at the last supper but no doubt they had heard about it and here he is doing a known thing and doing so unlocks their understanding it opens their eyes about this unknown thing. Can I tell you something you do know will unlock the understanding of what you don't know. Maybe you've been in your first year of college and and things in your first year of college really haven't gone the way you thought they would. You thought it was going to be straight A's and and you're working really hard on straight C's right now. You'd be happy just with straight C's. One Point passing and you'd be happy and maybe that's been your experience in your first year of college can I encourage you don't give up and say well college just isn't for me and I'm, I'm out and that's all use what you've learned in year one to set you up for success in year two maybe maybe this isn't your first marriage Maybe your first marriage didn't go the way that you thought it was going to go. You didn't say I do, thinking that eventually you need you, you, it wasn't going to be there anymore. You, you you went into it with the right thoughts, but but things didn't happen the way you thought they were going to, and and things kind of busted up. And, and and you might be saying, well, I don't ever want to do that again. Or or you might be in your second marriage, going, I don't I don't want to mess it up again. Don't don't run from what has been. Use what has been to set you up for success. In what can be and what will be in your life maybe it's business in your world maybe your your career hasn't gone the way you thought it was going to and 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 you're thinking well maybe I'm just a failure in this what if you took the 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 lessons that you've learned stepping into that unknown world and and you begin to apply them in your life in a whole different way and you could find success in this unknown reality it's out there the possibility if you quit there's no possibility for success but what if you don't quit what if you establish what you all what if you establish your new in what you already know you don't judge the old or the judge the new based upon the old but what if you allowed the old to shed light upon the new what if you allowed the law and the prophets to tell you something about a risen savior the law and the prophets couldn't imagine a risen savior it was beyond their comprehension they wrote things that they did not understand daniel wrote and said god i don't get what i'm writing right now i i told god i don't get this this doesn't make any sense and god replied to daniel and daniel wrote it down for us and he said it's not for you to understand it's not for you to know but sometime in the future i'm gonna unlock the understanding of those that are living during that day and they will understand they will know Their eyes of their understanding will be enlightened. And that can happen in your world. That can happen in my world. We don't have to fear the unknown. It always begins in ignorance, but we don't have to fear it. We can step into it. We can step into it knowing that all new revelation will be rooted in known truth. And that leads us to thought number three. That the greatest understanding that Jesus brings is that of himself. As soon as they recognize Jesus, he disappears. I was thinking in my mind, how can I make it so when I say this last point, I just disappear. <laughs> I was thinking about a trapdoor, but I was concerned about my knees. I thought about it, and it just never came to me. Because that really makes a statement, doesn't it? one minute he's there and the next minute he's gone and you wonder why would he just disappear like that because here he is he he's brought them on this road he he's talked to them about the law and the prophets he he's brought this down this trail of understanding he's he's you know just drew the line for them all the way through and to where they're at right now he's broken the bread and he hands it to them and man their eyes are opened up and and they see and they know him and now he's gone why 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 would he do that i believe it's because the thing they needed to know was that he was alive that he was well that he had done everything he said he was going to do right up into doing the most impossible of things coming back from the dead he knew that eventually they would become the body of christ on earth They wouldn't need his body anymore physically. But they did need to know that he was alive. So he took the unknown and he brought them into understanding. He took the known rather and brought them into the understanding of the unknown. And as soon as they realized he's there, he's here, that he was gone. But because they knew he was there, they could step now into the unknown before them. They could become his body. They could share his gospel. They could do these things knowing that he was alive. Back whenever I was a kid, we used to sing this song, and I don't know if we do it, and I'm not trying to mess y'all up, so don't change what you're doing. But we used to sing, Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives all fear is gone because I know he holds the future my life is worth the living just because he lives just knowing that he's alive means that I can step from the known into the unknown and I can do it with confidence because I am not walking by myself it's not just me in the woods pastor Benton You might be lost, but you're not alone. In this situation, the revelation was all about Jesus. He wanted them to know him. He's alive. But the empowerment was all about the believers. As soon as the empowerment came, he was gone. It was about them knowing he was alive. The old timers used to say, Jesus is the answer. And I agree that the risen Jesus in an empowered church reaching a lost world is always the answer. And you and I can let hope rise because understanding will be unlocked. You're not by yourself. And it doesn't matter where you're at in this walk of life. We all step into a world of unknown. In fact, my grandfather said something to me years ago. He had been a business owner he, he owned baton rouge electric motor service and they did windings of of motors and and uh to to regulate voltage and when we would go visit him i thought it was the greatest thing in the world to sit there at this big greasy bench with his employees and and wind engine uh wind things and i have no idea today why i thought that was fun but i did and so i i do that and then the day came where he, he saw that microchips were getting smaller and more powerful. And he said, that's going to replace windings and smaller motors. And so I'm going to go ahead and sell my business. And he did. And so he sold his business. And I can remember whenever that happened. And, and I called him up one day and I said, congratulations, Papa. You sold your business and you're finally retired for real. He'd been like half retired for a long time. And so he said, you're finally retired for real. And he said, yeah, and now I've got to learn how to be retired. And in my young and naive mind, I said, you've got to learn how to be retired. Retirement's like a forever summer vacation. You get up when you want to you go to bed when you want to you do what you want to when you want to how you want to you're retired you don't have to do nothing nobody's telling you to go when where how you can travel if you want to you can stay home if you want to you can what is there to do to learn about being retired and Paul Paul said i i don't want to think about the thoughts he actually thought about my statement i'm just going to tell you what he said he said, What you don't understand, Micah, is that I know how to work hard. I know how to build a business. But I don't know how to be retired. Today, I understand he was still stepping from a known into an unknown. And there was still fear there because he didn't know what to do. And years later, he told me, The secret is never stop moving always he was always reading he's reading wall street journal and 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 anything he could get his hands on he was he was reading information he was taking walks i'd say papa where are you going for a walk he said nowhere i said why are you taking a walk because i can't stop moving that's why he had a good business he had a successful life he had a great marriage he had great kids and and he has awesome grandchildren but i will tell you the most incredible thing is whenever he was laying on his deathbed and i was i, I was there i was his favorite grandchild <laughs> he told everybody i was he told his other grandchildren so i'm 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 telling the truth right now and so i was standing there with him i spent I spent days as we were going he was going downhill and I'd fly from Houston and be with him in Alabama and then I'd fly home and then I'd come back and I'd fly back to preach on Sundays and and do what I need to do there but I'd try to be every time I could with him and and I'm sitting there and and finally one day he looked at me he said, Micah, I'm ready to go I said, Papa, come on, you can he said, no, I've lived a good long life but I know who's going to be there I know what's waiting for me and I'm ready to leave this earth and step into this unknown place because it's not unknown to me anymore. I know who's there and I can't wait to be with Jesus. All the unknown things he had stepped into, his businesses, World War II, being a gunner on a merchant marine ship, all the things that I remember and I could talk to you about for hours and hours and hours, none of that meant a whole lot in that moment. What meant so much was the revelation that he had in his life that Jesus Christ was his Lord and Savior. The greatest revelation that Jesus can bring in your life is that of himself. And know that he's walking with you. No matter what you're stepping into right now, bow your heads with me if you will, I've got to stop. Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you for the privilege of knowing you. We thank you for the privilege and the honor that you would give us just being in relationship, the fact that you would walk on us, walk with us on the road, that you will establish new revelation and old revelation, that you will not leave us hanging or questioning, but you will allow us to have our understanding unlocked, that we can step into miraculous moments because you're there already, that I don't have to understand it all in order to be able to step into it And enjoy the blessing that's there. That you will bring wisdom out of ignorance. That you'll you'll bring knowledge out of ignorance. That you'll let us step into things and, and realize things that we could not even imagine. And we can do it with confidence. Because you said you'd never leave us nor forsake us. You did not stay in the grave. The tomb could not hold you. But you are alive now, and you are alive forevermore. And because you are alive, because of that singular revelation, it doesn't matter what hell, what the earth, or what my carnal nature brings against me. It doesn't matter what challenge lies before us. We can step into it with confidence, knowing that you're there. And we give you thanks for that in Jesus' name. Amen.